Willkommen, this is Julia. And this is Shane, who misses Think Plant-Based. Think Plant-Based. Make sure to check out recipes, health tips, travel tips at www.thinkplantbased.com. And we're officially on iTunes, so please rate and write us a review on iTunes. Write us a review. Give us... Two stars, three stars, maybe five stars. Let us know. Oh, for sure, Let's, five. Yeah, I mean, who would give us two stars anyways, yeah. right? But yeah, make sure to do that because that's how we get found. Do you know my highlight when I go to Whistler? What's your highlight at Whistler? The snow? <laughs> no. Well, I actually like the snow, but I wish I'd be into skiing or snowboarding, but that's not what I grew up with in back in Germany. Oh, yeah. But I love going to Ed's Bread. Ed's Bread, and we got them here today. How's it going, guys? Hey. Hi. Hey, really good. Awesome. My my favorite sourdough bread makers in the house. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for having us on the podcast. Yeah, our Welcome. pleasure. So yeah, tell the listeners a little bit more about uh, what business you guys have. So we have an organic sourdough uh, bread shop in uh, Whistler, just down in Creekside, which is the original village uh, back in the 50s. And it's just at the bottom of the, the gondola, so really easy to get up to explore the mountains, uh, skiing and snowboarding. It's a micro bakery. So it's uh, organic sourdough bread and some small baked goods like cinnamon buns and some other things, some cookies and things and uh, coffee. We have an espresso machine as well. Yeah, right. super good. I That's always love so to good. go up there. Oh, wait, it's so cozy in there too. <laughs> you got to get the baguettes at 11, right? Is that right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, you know yeah, the schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know too well. Baguettes at 11, the fresh bread in the morning right? and grab a coffee. So if anyone's ever up there, any of our listeners, definitely go. Right, it's and worth the it. cinnamon buns you guys have and sometimes with raspberries. That's yeah, and my the, whip, the plant-based Ooh. whipped cream. Yeah, so we make everything we make in-house. Um, and we like to have, um, we're very honest in the sense that you can come in and see all the bakers um, prepping for the next day and baking fresh for that day. Um, so it's kind of, uh, it's a site for all the senses. Yeah, I bet. Must be pretty hard because sourdough takes a long time to make being a kind of a... It does, yeah. There's no no rest. We We feed our sourdough starters. We have two sourdough starters. We feed them every... 12 hours so Whoa. um wow. just to keep them nice Full-time and lively job. it's like a baby <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> it is. like the it original is. tamagotchi i heard someone say on on the internet right because you yeah. always have to feed it and clean up <laughs> exactly yeah that's really, make sure it's kept at good temperature yeah, yeah it's, right? it's like for shane like that too or on the weekends you know when we go outside he's like okay we gotta be back at one hour and a half yeah. so Hurry. Very time sensitive. Yeah. Temperature and time sensitive. Right now, I got a couple of loaves. I'm proofing right now, so I got to make sure it's right all the time. There you go. So you can come and do an apprenticeship with us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm really good with baker hours. Assistant baker. Yeah, be careful what you say, Shay. It's really challenging because uh, last week we had a really cold spell up here. It was like minus 20 in the village. <gasps> and that was especially challenging for the sourdough because when the bakery door's opening all day, right? The, you know, the air's coming in and, and it's quite a challenge to keep it consistent. Yeah, I can only imagine. Right. Yeah, so, it changes. So how do you, what do you guys do about it? Like when it gets that cold? Um, so the bakery we did, we've had it designed. So the HVAC system, the heating, cooling system, 
generally keeps the shop at a constant temperature mm -hmm. um, wow. of around 22 Celsius is the ideal temperature. So, and then obviously in the summer we'll have extra um, air conditioning on as well to try and keep it a little cooler. Um, but it's just all a balance. Sometimes we'll use slightly warmer water with the dough or slightly cooler water to moderate how long the bread is fermented for. Oh, and sometimes you just have to wait. Or, or you have to move quickly. Mm -hmm. We saw we with how the dough to dough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some, sometimes I can go for a walk in the afternoon, and sometimes it's uh, no no lunch break. Just keep working the whole day. Oh, I bet. Oh, wow, that's crazy. So, what made you guys want to uh, start up an all plant based bakery and cafe? Um, well, we are vegan ourselves, so. Um, I mean, there's this word ethical vegan. I don't understand what that means because to me, vegan is ethical. Yeah, but yeah. if you are. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> point. Yeah, how can you say you're vegan and not be ethical, right? I know, I just keep hearing this like, I'm an ethical vegan. And it's like, well, all <laughs> vegans are ethical. But if you're, if you're vegan, then, then you can't really profit from animal cruelty. So um, as vegan people, For us, it's a no-brainer that we would have a cruelty-free business. But obviously, you have to think about the, the business landscape. And we did a lot of research into um, sort of veganism and, and the trends and the shifts. And what we found is that um, there were some reports that said that you're three times more likely to be vegetarian if you live in BC. Oh, wow. And mm. yeah, and there's been a big shift, hasn't there, between... Um, you know, how many places have opened up in Vancouver and all around the world that are vegan or most restaurants now have vegan options. Uh, all the cafes are serving up, you know, milk substitutes. Um, there's celebrities that are endorsing it. There's so much media coverage for veganism that it just seems like it's, it's a, you know, a trend for the want of a better word um, that's growing and, Whistler has a lot of athletic people that are connected to nature. They care about their health. They care about the environment. And so, you know, they, they want to eat healthily and plant-based is seen as healthy. So um, we found that there was no other bakery in Whistler or even the Sea to Sky Corridor that is plant-based. So it was an easy, you know, niche for us to, to sort of get a hold of. Hopefully there will be more in the future. I mean, we would like to see a vegan future everywhere. Um, but if there is, then we will be the first, you know, so. Right. The originators. Yeah. The OGs. Totally. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So uh, when did you guys get started into making sourdough bread? Because I mean, I guess everyone always starts in the home, maybe, usually, because yeah. that's yeah, when you like, got the most time and then, then venture exactly, out. Yeah, one or two loaves. Yeah. And then you think, oh, I should open a bakery. Yeah. I started. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Well, that's a lot of well, work. People like, tell you all the time, oh, you should open a bakery, right? And yeah. <laughs> it's, quite a, it's quite a jump, but to put it, put it in a nutshell, I've been in, working in kitchens since I was 13. Oh, wow. um, so over 20 years always worked in fine dining kitchens so we always made everything in house and um i just sort of grew through my 20s just a real interest in fermentation um and more importantly sourdough started making it at a few restaurants uh, and then taking it home and, and and experimenting more um and then we started bread actually um about in 2016 so about three and a half years ago Um, at a restaurant I worked at in Whistler called Alta Bistro. 
and it was through Facebook. So you would pre-order your your bread. It would be one type of sourdough each week, um, and therefore it was zero waste. So I started making thirty loaves um, for a small sort of niche underground bread club. Well, it started as um, we Ed would make bread for our yoga teacher. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, nice. Yeah, and then the studio would smell of fresh bread, and then all the yogis would come, and then they would start smelling it and go, when, when can we get this bread? When can we start buying this bread? So the initial idea was to make a batch and then sell it at the yoga studio, but um, we just decided, or Ed decided it would be more practical if they picked it up from the restaurant. And then that I think he started, he made 30 loaves the first time, and wow. it was like... Wow. It, are we going to be able to sell them all? Like, what are we going to do if we don't sell them all? Because it was just to like friends and yoga people, right. and then, and then within a few weeks, it's like sixty people, and it kept it- growing. Oh, we should buy, <laughs> we should buy more tins. And then I was renting the kitchen because we didn't open for lunch, so I could use their mixer and ovens and things. And um, within a year, we were up to about one hundred and fifty loaves. Wow. Every uh, oh. every Wednesday, I would make it in the morning and then prove them in the fridge overnight and and bake in batches t- ten at a time in two different ovens. So at opposite ends of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a steep learning curve, but it it really sort of set us up to after that sort of year or so, we were outgrowing the equipment. The restaurant kind of wanted their sous chef back, and the local <laughs> The local paper, The Peak, had um, done a, an article, The Best Bread You've Never Heard Of. And nice. and, and all the people, like the, we call them the bread OGs, they, um, <laughs> they loved being part of this secret club and they'd all come and meet up. And then sometimes they'd bump into each other at pickup and they'd be like, oh, you're part of the bread train too? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, how do you hear about it? How did you get on the program, you know? And they kind of... They, a lot of them still miss those days. They're always saying to us, like, oh, I remember the good old days when we used to pick it up once a week. <laughs> no, they can have even more if they want to, right? They just now they to can, and they can choose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because it was, it was one type. It was like, I'd just make a sesame sourdough, and that was the option. There was no add-ons or anything like that. And then just change it the next week. I would do a walnut and raisin. And, and right. it was sort of it was like moving market research. We could see you know, what people's favorites were. Uh, They would give me feedback the next week if they liked it or they thought there was, you know, too much fruit in there or um, too much spice. So it was was a real eye-opener and and really helped us on our journey. Great. I love the variety you guys have, you know, that you change things up, you know, you have new sweets on the menu because, I mean, even when we bake at home, I always like to try new recipes too. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed's very creative in the kitchen, but I mean, it's great if you appreciate that. But uh, some of the customers they want a consistent schedule. You know, they want right. what's the bread next week on Thursday, and I'm like, well, it'll probably be this, this, this. But then Thursday will come around, and Ed's just decided that no, I'm going to sprout some grains, and I'm going to make the other bread. And then people come in, and they're like, "Where's the oat porridge loaf?" And I'm like, well. Today, speak to Ed. <laughs> Ed, come and talk to this upset customer because you just—he's just creative, you know. He doesn't like to be pigeonholed into a, a routine. Exactly, you know? I'm like right. that too. 
Yeah. I go, I go rogue a lot. I just sort of, you know. He's a lovable rogue. It's, it's good because how it's else great. do you, you know, evolve and learn new techniques and different things? You constantly do the same thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. One one item that's definitely confused a lot of people is we. I put on a, a cookie called the hummus cookie. The hummus cookie. Oh, that's uh, confusing. What is this? <laughs> Which a friend of mine said. A friend of mine, Nick, my old head chef, said should be called the hookie. But uh, oh, it's basically <laughs> what is that? It's, it's like hummus and cookie cold? together. Oh, okay. It's inspired by hummus. There's no garlic <laughs> in there, but there is chickpeas, lemon, tahini. Um, it's rolled in sesame, so there's oh, no oil. there's oh, no wow. garlic in there. A little bit of olive oil, so it's sweet cookie just inspired oh. by hummus. I mean, what's more vegan than hummus? You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. right. <laughs> Some people eat it every day. It's and, like. And it's gluten-free, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's Right, awesome. vegan and gluten-free, that goes hand-in-hand hand nowadays. Picking all so, the boxes, nut-free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah nut-free, gluten-free, yeah, like, everyone yeah. would be able to enjoy those ones. <laughs> yeah, and they do. And yeah. that's, it's, a good, it's a good point, Shane, that's what we want our bakery to be. We want it to be all-inclusive, that you don't have to just be vegan, it opens the door for everyone we have gluten-free options even though we don't we meal flour in house so we try and sort of um warn sort of celiacs we say it's not really suitable because it can be airborne but right. generally we're, we we our doors are open to anyone that's willing to sort of you know taste our baked treats and that's why we went with the the sort of strap liners plant-based or on our website it says plant sourced and vegan friendly just because we are big vegan so we love to look for the word vegan when we're out and about but right. we wanted to appeal to everyone because we want veganism to become normal we want it to be normalized so we've put plant friendly or plant plant sourced as our strap line um because people don't have the same sort of fear um of that word it's it's a lot more inclusive in, in fact some people don't get it at all you know they'll they'll stand there and ask for like normal milk or real milk and i'll be like we're, we're 100 plant-based and they still so you don't have any real milk and i say well no but the oat milk's unreal uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> nice answer great that's, yeah that's why we went with think plant-based instead of think vegan as well because we find that sometimes yeah. you know the stigma yeah. around it not that mm-hmm. the vegan label has anything around, but we didn't want it to be not inclusive of, of anybody, yeah. right? right. So. Just because right. we think it sounds great and it makes sense to us doesn't mean for the listeners or the rest of the world yeah. it does, right? Everyone thinks so differently and mm-hmm. understands. And everyone eats plants as well. Right. Yeah. So even if you're eating meat, you still eat plants exactly. in your diet. So. Unless you're on the carnivore diet, then they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Which I still yeah. don't understand quite right. scientifically or anything about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so how old is your starter? The age old question. And do you have any real cool name nicknames for them? Because I know a lot of people so, like to name their starter. <laughs> you have to you have to name the starter. That's, <laughs> oh, that's, bad. that's the most important thing. So uh, I'll ask, answer that question first. We have two sourdough starters that we actually... Um, Uh, grew or bread excuse the pun uh, (laughs) when we about four months before we opened the shop um, because we wanted a fresh start it was a new environment a new shop um, so we wanted a new salvo starter Um, so it's only actually a few so it's probably just over a year old 
Um, our first birthday of the shop is the 22nd of March. Um, so I think I started in maybe the October before then. Um, and the new school way of thinking is it's not necessarily to do with the age. You can have a 50-year-old sourdough starter and a lot of the um, bacteria and things have, have died off. Right. Um, so actually, once you get um, – really, you can make bread from a sourdough starter after about 10 days, 10 to 14 days. You should be ready to go to make your first loaf of sourdough. So I would say after two to three weeks – It'll just get better and better. So once we hit the four-month mark of opening the shop, I was really happy with the way um, it progressed and really happy with the with the bakes, you know, as soon as we opened the door. Um, so, yeah, not, not that old at all. We have two, like I mentioned, we have a wheat sourdough um, that's called Mother Teresa. Yeah, <laughs> nice name. Nice. Or, or because I'm into hip-hop, we can sort of MT for short. More nice. street cred. <laughs> More street um, cred for sure. <laughs> and then we also have a rye sourdough starter because we make 100% rye, um, which we're big fans of. Not many people make um, 100% rye loaves. They are a bit heavier. So that German style. Yeah, um, I, know, I, love style. It. I grew up on that. Yeah, yeah Julia's yeah. from Germany, so she loves the... <laughs> there you go. The so, and we yeah. get a yeah. lot of people. We get a lot of Europeans that are looking for that sort of bread. You know, it's it's... It freezes really well, so you can pre-slice it and toast it. Right. Um, so because it's a rice sourdough starter, there's a famous um, professional skier who... Local. Local guy who lives in Worcester called Stan Ray. Stan Ray is spelled R-E-Y. Right. So we called it Stan Rye. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Stan, Stan Ray, I bumped into him. Um, I didn't know this guy. But I bumped into him at the BC Liquor and sort of told him about this, and he was quite confused. <laughs> He's like, and what are you talking what about? Yeah. <laughs> I named my sourdough starter after you. Um, if you want to come and get some free bread and maybe get a photo um, on opening week, we'd love to have you. And it turns out his, his dad was a Swiss baker for years and years. Oh, wow. So um, oh. He, he laughed. He found it really funny, and he came in opening day and, um, he's got a big following on Instagram and everything. So it was good sort of publicity as well. He's, he's known as a nice guy though. That's yeah. awesome. And, yeah. We want nice sourdough starters. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. did, did you guys put <laughs> yeah. a picture of him on the, on your starter container? <laughs> we should do. We yeah, should do. So the name you go by picture. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So yeah. yeah, we've got the two, but then uh, we potentially, I've done, you can change sourdough starters. You can feed them sort of, you know, for example, you can make a chocolate sourdough starter and start feeding it a blend of cocoa powder and flour. Oh. Um, you could make a spelt sourdough starter just by changing the feed schedule to, you know, that uh, 100% that flour. Um, we have had interest in people looking for spelt loaves. So that could be um, something that we do in the future. Right. Yeah, I love so working with spelt. Sprouted spelt mm -hmm. is my favorite. It adds such a good flavor to stuff. Like I even put in my pizza dough and just mm -hmm. like that 20, 30% sprouted spelt just gives it that really good earthy taste. It's like, like a nutty, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, a nutty. It is it's, really nutty. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to kind of explain until it's you have unique, it. But yeah, yeah, very unique about it. No, you, and you know, the percentages is, uh, is key. Right. I find that really interesting, the sort of math side of it. And we add 30% to our baguettes actually. So oh, well. it's 70% bread flour, 30% spelt. And mm. it does give that sort of nutty, 
um, flavor and it makes it easy for rolling because it has a elasticity to it. Right. Oh, wow. Cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite bread you love to make, Ed? Yeah. Well, maybe Natasha should uh, answer Natasha, this one. Yeah, which is, which she, is... she could say hers and I could say mine. Sure. Because sure. Natasha does have to taste test all of the breads, obviously. Uh, that mm. must be a hard job. <laughs> 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 Julia does my taste I mean, testing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. That question is kind of like when you live in Whistler, it's like, what's your favorite mountain, Whistler or Black Comb? And it's kind of like, well, isn't it great that we have both? <laughs> and that's how I feel about the bread. It's like, oh, sometimes I love the rye coated in sunflower seeds. That's one mm. of my favorites for toast, right. especially. Yeah. But then uh, yesterday, Ed made a sprouted buckwheat country loaf. So it's like a regular country sourdough, but it has little sprouts of buckwheat in it. So it's not the buckwheat flour, but it's like the sprouts through it. The groats. Mm. Groats, wow. yeah. Um, so that that kind of bread is really delicious and interesting. Um, and then I love like fruity ones like walnut and raisin or walnut and fig. Mm-hmm. That's really good. But you don't want to overdo it with those. You don't want to have those too much. So, yeah, I kind of like the variation. I would say Ed likes making loaves that are free form <laughs> rather than tins. Customers are always like, I like the tins because it cuts up well for sandwiches but for the baker, it's really sad because, yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it doesn't. You don't get such a good crust and crumb on a tin loaf. Right, they're a bit more. They're a bit more restricted. I like the wild loaves where you can sort of. It's all. It's a bit more skillful. You can let the. You can shake them and you score get a be- them. score them. You get a beautiful ear. Or um, I'm a big fan of sesame on the outside. I love that sort of yeah. almost yeah. peanut yeah. butter flavor. Toasted sesame or toasted yeah sunflower, sunflower seeds. seeds. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Super good. Mm. Yeah, hey, you're making Absolutely. me want bread. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I got a, uh, what is it, sun-dried tomato and calomel olive we'll freeform. Yeah, batons yeah. in the uh, proofing right now. <laughs> nice. There you go. So we're going to eat that Ooh. for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll dry it down. That was smart to prepare bread before talking to us. Yeah, right? Yeah. I thought in, in lieu of, you know, it only made sense too. I'm trying to speed it up, which is never good with sourdough. So instead of doing like a fridge fermentation, I'm trying to do like a two hour proof. Okay. So I'm hoping yeah. they still turn out okay. May might not be a sour tasting, but I'm hoping they still Mm-hmm. It will be tasty. I've never tried it, so I'm going to try it this time. <laughs> and that's the other thing you won't you won't stop learning. That's why I first sort of grew me uh, like drew me towards kitchens wasn't just sort of like because it was my first job, but it was once I got into it, it was that that continual learning about ingredients and uh, right. even though sourdough is water, flour, and salt, there's so many variables and there's so much to learn. Right, it's like a chemistry right. experiment. I find. It reminds mm-hmm. me about being in chemistry class and you got to, you know, temperature mm-hmm. and, you know, the right measurements, like precisely. And yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. And, I, and I, I always try and I have, I still see myself as a very new baker, even though I've been making sourdough for over 10 years. I still try and if people ask me questions in the shop or through Instagram, I always try and sort of answer it in the best I can and help people because I think it's so amazing that, home bakers home sourdough bakers is is growing and growing mm-hmm. right yeah like i mean we hear so many times even like bread is not good for you right but i know mm-hmm. you guys have such a great image about how good bread can be you know and it's so mm-hmm. easy to digest and when it's when it's made right 
yeah, exactly. We have a lot of customers that say they're gluten intolerant or they've been having digestion issues with gluten and then they say, but this bread is the only bread I can eat. Wow. So when you get that from someone that has, you know, issues with gluten and then they're telling you that your sourdough doesn't have that effect on them, then that's kind of like great, great feedback because in, in terms of, well, we must be doing something right. Like this must, must be good, better for you than, you know, commercial bread. Right. Because, because the people that have the issues don't have the reaction with the sourdough. So if it's naturally leavened anyway, which ours is, and there's like a naturopath in town and, he said to me before that he recommends people our sourdough because he knows we make it without yeast and that it's it's the real deal. Right. And um, and so that's great because we don't even pay him and he's sending people our <laughs> way. It just yeah. happens, you know. If you do the if you do right work, work, you know, yeah. people love supporting you. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah the community. The community has been amazing. Actually, yeah. people have been really supportive, and you know, word of mouth is so strong. Um, and, and even Vancouver, the Vancouver crowd, you know, they love if they come up to ski or snowboard on the weekend. It's amazing to see friendly, familiar faces coming in the shop and bringing friends and family with them. So it's it's been really, really nice. It feels like a little family store. They're yeah. always asking us, when are you going to open a store in Vancouver? When are you coming yeah, to Vancouver? Definitely. Well, that's, that's what, what I had in want. mind. That's what we're going to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're yeah, I mean, it's very full on running um, just one shop. So I bet, yeah, it, it's you know, and it's and it's kind of like Whistler has big staff challenges. People are here on work visas, um, accommodations expensive. There's a whole bunch of problems. It's very competitive between people. Right. So um, we kind of like want to make sure we've got a team that like are going to be here for the long haul before we start relocating to to vancouver but we would love to do like with this um ideas of doing pop-ups and things like yeah. that to, to bring yeah. the awareness um, right. from vancouver to to our store here so we would love to do um some pop-ups and some events and things like that in vancouver and right. then sort of you know maybe a few years down the road we can sort of look at that more seriously right right maybe you guys can even just like get a delivery to deliver it on like the same mm -hmm. day or something Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah exactly not even mm -hmm. have to like relocate or anything you can just make everything in whistler and start yeah. selling but that gets my next question yeah. you guys have any future plans how you want to expand eds <laughs> try to keep it small uh and where can the listeners find you guys yeah online or in whistler so we have got a pop-up that we're in the process of um organizing right now so maybe in may june time uh, we'll be collaborating with another vegan business in Vancouver and doing a pop-up in their store. I don't want to say who it is yet, just in <laughs> case it falls through, but there's talk of that. We're keen to do it. Um, I think it's a, pos a likely possibility that will happen. Yeah. And um, Julia Murray um, is a vegan food blogger and ex-Olympian. So she lives in Whistler and she is starting the first Whistler Vegan Festival this oh, yeah. year. I don't know if you've heard about yeah, this. Yeah, we heard about it. Yeah, we might come up. Yeah. We'll see. You we will come off. up. You have we to come up. We will come up. We'll try. When is it in again? What, <laughs> what, day, what, yeah, what date exactly? June 20th. Um, June 20th. Although it's a, 
although it's a three day thing, but I think June twentieth is like the main day. And again, we're we're collaborating. It's still being organised, but we're we're working on collaborating with another Vancouver business that has a product that will place very nicely onto our bread. And then we'll be doing a collaboration stall with them, hopefully in the wine garden. Mm. Um, so again, we can't release any confirmed details yet but that's in the pipeline and um hopefully adding another product range as well to our bread um this year as well so we're working on a new product range the vegan fest and a pop-up so lots of busy. things yeah yeah just trying to sort of always always add new items to the menu week by week and take things off we keep it seasonal um, which we feel keeps it interesting for the customer, but also for our, for our staff. You know, they get to sort of the more enthusiastic they are to talk about these new items and where the ingredients come from gives them sort of, uh, it makes it, a, you know, more enjoyable workplace. Oh, I Definitely. Bet. Yeah. Um, oh, get, get go and then you've got the, the listeners can find us through um, our Instagram page, which is Ed's, eds underscore bread um b-r-e-d and um also that's linked on our on our website edsbread.com and through facebook as well perfect yeah we'll make sure to put them up on the show notes so that everyone can find you definitely and if they want to find us in the flesh then we're in the bread shop pretty much all the time <laughs> You can you can get the gondola to us. We're at the bottom of uh, Whistler Mountain in Creekside Village, the original village. We're on the Valley Trail system, so you can bike or hike to us. You can get the bus if you want to be sustainable. There's bus stop right outside. Or you can drive in the, yes, there is free parking for your electric vehicle as well. <laughs> Look at that. For the Tesla. So for many the ways. Tesla. For the Teslas <laughs> yeah, right? out there, yeah. So many ways to get to you guys. Even like the, a snowfall can't stop us to get yeah, to your you, place. Yeah, we're the only bakery in Whistler that you can ski or snowboard to. That's awesome. <laughs> But please don't bring your ski equipment in store. Yeah, I was probably not going to help with stuff. Yeah. Disclaimer, all skiers must be accompanied by a snowboarder. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's great. Well, you guys are such a great in inspiration. Yeah, great team. Yeah, dream team, you know, like you made Thank your you. dream come true, you know, like by working together. And it's just amazing. And I just see mm -hmm. you guys more flourishing and... Um, expanding in an amazing way you know mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's been a, a, an epic first year we we've blown all of our predictions out the water we we took a loan out from a community funding uh, organization and they said to us like you know people always over predict their they always over forecast their numbers but we actually didn't so it's like <laughs> very very nice to see so Wow. It's very reassuring if anyone out there is thinking about starting a vegan food business, like do your market research, make sure you're sort of putting it in the right area for footfall and demand. But essentially, like don't be put off by making it plant based because not only are we doing it plant based against all odds, but we are in Creekside Village, which we were told many times is a dead zone. Businesses have come and gone out of there for years. Like no one makes it in Creekside. And, oh, wow. and we, we just can't believe the first year we've had. It's, it's incredible. So yeah, I think it's always the busiest is your, your guys' yes, yes, bakery. Every time now. it's in there. Yeah. 
And yeah. They, they're right. Yeah. They don't really have October, too much there. Which is like, yeah, October was like one of our quiet months. Um, but like right now, it's absolutely cranking 10 hours a day. Wow, you guys make it busy. I think that's why. Yeah, it's you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're local celebrities now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for having us yeah. on the show. Yeah, we really yeah. thanks appreciate for your time. Thanks for your time and, fun. and talking to us about sourdough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite hobby. <laughs> totally. What's, what's the name of your um, starter, Shane? <laughs> Honestly, I've never named it. I know oh, I should, should, but I never actually that put village. a name to it. Because I don't know. Didn't I just you never... read well, me some names and then you I, said I was that was a good names, name? But I can't remember. Tell me like one that was super funny. Which <sighs> one was that? I can't remember which is. The good <laughs> one. I gotta find a good name. I haven't found a good I, enough I heard name. A, I heard a good one before. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Clint Eastwood, Eastwood is definitely <laughs> the uh, the number one favorite. Yeah, I probably should call that one. But mine's not as powerful as Clint Eastwood. So, <laughs> well, next time we'll we see. see each other, or when we meet each other in person. That's the first question I'm asking you, Shane. Okay. Right. I'll think of a name. That's your homework. <laughs> I'll, put it, I'll put a picture on my jar. <laughs> so I know exactly yeah, what exactly. it is. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, you guys have a good rest of your evening here. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. And we see each other Thank soon. You. Yeah, we'll Thanks. see you soon when we come up for bread. Yeah. yeah. More. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Sounds good. Take care. Take care, eh? Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.